Hi everyone, welcome to Community Soulful. Today we will be recording Am I Alone? From Grief to Gratitude with psychotherapist and author Debbie Augenthaler. And she has wrote the book on You Are Not Alone. So we're going to start off today with asking Debbie, what is grief? Hi, thank you for having me. It's nice to be here. And uh, I always like to spread this message of... um, especially in these times, so many people are grieving. So it's a, it's a very timely uh, podcast, but you know, grief is the natural response to loss. um, The loss of something or someone, right? A lot of times we think of grief as like when somebody has died, but there is all kinds of griefs that you can have. But the short definition is what is grief? It's, it's the loss of something or someone. It's the natural response that's, I should have said it that way. It's the natural response to the loss of something or someone that's meaningful to you. So if someone you love or something that's meaningful, which it, it could be, you know, the, in these times, especially, uh, you know, loss of a job, loss of um, our freedom to move around. There's all kinds of it. But primarily and most importantly, the fact that like as of now, about 480,000 people have died from COVID. There are many, many people who are grieving the loss of someone they loved. Yeah, Debbie, and I absolutely love that you brought that up. Um, Not only is this a topic that is so important in general, but especially now, um, I would, and it's crazy, I wasn't even thinking about COVID when I brought up recording this, but so many people have passed away and there really is like so much grief. And even right now, I feel like I'm dealing with the grief of like, this is sounds selfish, but like the grief that like I've lost a year out, out of my twenties. That's absolutely something to mourn. That's what I mean. There's all, you know, there's physical loss, there's symbolic loss, quote unquote, the loss of freedom, the loss of a year in my life. Like people wouldn't often think that that, well, you, you, that's grief. Yes, it is. It's the loss of something that's really important to you. And so and it's maybe your own experience, but that's your natural response to the loss of something big in your life. And how, how can people heal from grief? How can they learn from grief, heal from grief? What are some steps or some ways that people can move forward from grief? Well, that is such a big question because it encompasses so much. And boy, I can't tell you how many times I wish I could just have a wave a magic wand and say it's going to be you know better. But really with, uh, with grief, with big grief, it takes time. And it takes acknowledging the fact that you're grieving. I mean, just because, you know, grieving doesn't make you imperfect. Like, you know, we're human beings and we all have these experiences. And um, uh, the way you heal is to acknowledge that, that your feelings, to give yourself the time that you need to move through with those feelings. And it's important to know that um, people have this uh, idea that there is a timeline to grief that you go from here to here that there's these stages or whatever and i call them phases and there is it's really important to understand there is no timeline like it's not going to be okay first you're going to be shocked and then you're going to be you know in anger you're going to be denying it then you accept it and then you heal or then you're depressed with these different aspects of it it's like we all many of us, I should say, most of us will experience 
the denial, the anger, the shock, the the um, depression, the acceptance, that all that. But in different, it'll come. It can come and go. Like you, how can I say it? Right, it comes and goes, and you can feel all of these things in an hour, in a day, in a week. You could, if you've had like a big loss, you could go for months, you know, months, and feel like you're gradually feeling better and getting better, and then something can trigger you, and your body always remembers that first, especially like when you have the shock of right back to the day, like you'll go right back like you were there, like your body will always remember it. Um, so it's a, it's a, it's a process. And that seems, sounds like such a clinical word, but um, I wish I could, I guess what I'm trying to say is how can I, how can I, I wish I could give you an ingredient, like a recipe and say, here's how you heal from grief. But the, the number one thing in the beginning is to first, you know, remember that um, you need to give yourself time a lot, like some, and for some people, like they may have a big event happen and they may be better and feel better in a couple of months or a few months. But most people, like for me, like, you know, when my husband died, it took me a long time um, it took that before I was feeling like I would even want to to be, you know, that I was back in a routine back when I felt okay. Like the first time I remember the first time I actually laughed, I kind of felt guilty. And that's a natural thing I've seen happen to a lot of people that I've worked with and a lot of friends and family that have turned to me. And um, uh, it can take as it takes as long as it takes, right? But the natural progression would be to feel your feelings, give yourself time, you need support. Um, don't be hard on yourself, be kind to yourself, do what you need to do like to comfort yourself, like if it's that I just wanted, you know, you can take a warm bath. Like when my husband died, I would sleep in his t-shirts. I wrote to him. There was a lot of things that I did and I don't want to get too far off, you know, the the basis of the question, but um, turn to my, one of my top things I recommend is like, I went, I called my therapist about a month after my husband died and she was instrumental in helping me to heal because when you first are um, grieving a big event or any event, really anything that is causing you to grieve, but when you're something as you know sharp as losing somebody or as hard as losing somebody that you love who has died, you need help because you feel very alone in your feelings because before you, if you've never experienced great grief, you really don't know how to cope with it. And you're like, am I like, you don't know you, you feel like you could be surrounded with so many people that love you and that you love and feel very, very alone. And so, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote my book so that I could reach more people than I did in my therapy practice, because I wanted people to know that these experiences that you're having are natural responses, but you feel like you're going crazy sometimes. Right. And, and so, um, I think I, you know, I just, I would just say again, time with give yourself time, have support, be kind to yourself, take the time you need to cocoon. Um, know that uh, grief isn't linear. You're not going to follow a natural progression. You may feel better for a couple months. You may feel sad again. I mean, that kind of a thing. It goes up and down. What the the goal is to really integrate the grief into your life, but you'll be forever changed. You're not going to ever. It's like a time of before and after. Um, and obviously it can apply to any kind of grief. 
Um, but we're talking right now about big grief, right? The bigger, the big griefs of, of that. And, um, you know, grief is universal, but how you grieve is uniquely, it's, it's how you grieve. Like you don't have to worry about, some people might think you're grieving too much or not enough. And however you do it is the right way for you, I guess. It's, I mean, there's, there's no rule book and there's no timetable. I mean, I, I can, I think that's an important fact is when, when we're answering the question is how can people grieve? Like there's not, there's not just one way and there's not a one size fits all. Um, right. You know, uh, how many times, like before we recorded this, I was looking on, um, I was Googling like, what are steps of grief? And like, they, and like all of them are saying like, first is sadness, then is anger, then is, and in my head, I was thinking like, is this real? or is somebody really following these steps? I mean, you know, maybe like, maybe you can, it definitely people that grieve go through those motions or those emotions, but I, um, uh, you wrote the book on it. There's, and there's no one size that fits all. So, um, and that's why I call them phases and they're fluid and they can be, I have a great, I don't have it where I could show it to you, but you know, people think grief is like this straight line, like through this, this, and this. And it's really like, you know, it's all around (laughs) because you really can be doing better. And then something happens that that happens that just drops you to your knees. And I do, I do um, appreciate that you brought up that fact because one of the questions and especially from you know, being in my 20s and being younger, the last thing that I always think about is my friends passing away, my friends getting cancer, my, um, but it happens. And for like, for just the people that unexpectedly die, it's like, and especially at a younger age, I mean, I know um, that you brought up that you lost your husband when you were, when you were younger. And what is a way that you kind of honor them in the life of ahead of you? Like how now do you kind of like honor the the people that you've lost, and mm-hmm. not just like after after grief? How do you keep them in your life in ways that don't make you sad, but also don't make you forget them? You know, I mean, I I am now happily remarried. I'm in, totally in love, right? But at the I you learn that your heart can expand, and I can hold both the love I had for my late husband and the love I have. For my new husband, right? But I will always carry the uh, the grief of losing my husband when he died. You know, we were trying to have a baby, like we. So, so there's like secondary losses that go with it. So, I the the child that we never had, the life that I thought we were going to have. You know, he um, had two children from his first marriage who were young, younger, and and. Um, um, there was just so many other losses that went with it. And so, like I said, eventually, and it took time to integrate, but I still like, I still talk to him, you know, and, and think of him and all the time. And I, I uh, every kind of anniversary, I, I have flowers go to his grave and things like that. Like he's always a part, he will forever always be a part of me because love never dies. Like so there is there always love is always there in your heart and the memory of the person that you loved is always alive but it doesn't mean that it holds you back like when grieving becomes like complicated or or um you when you haven't uh i don't want to say grieve correctly but the you know the you want to get to a point where you can adjust to the loss and you go on and live your life and i am very happy again and i know that he's very happy for me like i feel like you know his presence and 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 all that and i 
Um, and the way I did that, how I started that when he first died is I would go to the cemetery all the time. Um, but I also did things like, well, for instance, at later on, much later on when I was could, but when I had the distance from it, like that's when I, you know, I wrote my book to honor him and the love we had. And I feel like that's a legacy to him. Like, I don't know, I wouldn't be writing the book if it wasn't for him and what I went through with him. But I, I would, um, uh, I wrote to him, I, I kept all the cards and everything that he gave me, and I would take them out, I would reread them. Um, I, I would light a candle like at every time uh, on a specific anniversary or a day when I felt it and I would imagine like that candle like was you know kind of like his energy but whatever it's very personal what I'm telling you but these are we find personal things that mean something to us that can rep, you know represent our enduring bond of connection because the the continuing bonds of love never die so you find ways to honor that and what it means to you to do that. And I think, you know, with dreams, with songs, like whenever I hear a certain song, I feel like, hey, hi, Jimmy. You know, I, I feel I feel that now. But it took me a long time to get to that point. It wasn't like it happened overnight, you know? And um, I, I, uh, I mean, there's a, whatever's important to you. Like I said, uh, some people start, um, uh, my cousin, um, her daughter died of cancer many years ago when she was only 14 years old. But my cousin started a grief center in her honor and in her memory, and it serves the community. It's a, in a, a state in a state in the Midwest, but it serves a broad community of people, and it's done wonders. Like it just does so much good in the world, and so that was a way for her to honor her daughter, you know, and to keep her memory going and just like with this book I feel like you know I've, I've honored it and I'm just trying to I just made a yeah you know walking in nature just you'll find it people plant trees I had a client who um who she would carry little tiny bottles of his ashes and these little tiny bottles and whenever she went to some place that she felt was really special that she knew her dad would love she would sprinkle a few of his ashes there. So that's a ritual, but that's also a bond, you know, and it's keeping his love alive in her and, and her connection to him. So these types of things can, can really help you on the way to healing and they're enduring connections, right? I mean, I have little things around that I, that I, you know, are, you can, you can, there's this, uh, I have a thing of shells from where a beach that we used to go to all the time, my little bowl of shells. And I keep that. We collected them together, you know, and it's still nice to have that. It still makes me happy. It is so nice. Did to I answer your question? Yeah. No, that most definitely does answer the question. I mean, um, I, it feels good to hear you say that uh, the things you used to do, you find memories and you find ways of remembering it and and seeing the good moments, remembering the good moments. Obviously, it takes time. Um, like you had said, and you really have to go through the motions and your feelings, like you had said. But it does feel good to know that now you're in a place where you can look at the things you've done and feel happy and still and hear that song and say, oh, hi, Jimmy. And, and, and that's wonderful. That's really wonderful. And the other thing you can do too, like if you were to lose, like for so many people out there who are grieving, you know, is that you can 
remind yourself, you can write about it, which is very helpful, but write about like, what impact did that person have on your life? What kind of gifts did they give you? Was it the gift of just seeing you and being your, you know, like they really got me and they gave me the gift of really listening to me. And I mean, something that was meant a lot to me when my husband died is that, uh, you know, people wrote me letters and notes and cards about what he had done that made an impact on his life. And that was such a gift to me, you know, and it's just to know that he, the person, because he lived, he had this really, you know, um, impact on other people's lives in a very positive way, even if it's, you know, he was very funny and he had a core group of friends that they would, that I still talk to today that they, you know, they, they still laugh when they talk about some of the silly things they did, but that's like an enduring connection and it's very healing for them and it's healing for me, but it still keeps his, you know, his love and his life alive in that sense right so that's something you can you know do for somebody if you know somebody who's grieving is is right you know say you know your 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 husband or your wife or your sister did the, the she did the nicest thing for me or here's a really funny story once we were out and we did this and it's just nice to do something like that because it is okay to laugh too even when you're feeling sad right to still be able to laugh is a good thing it's healing I love that. I love that point. Laughing is, is a part of the healing. And, and it's true because I come from a pretty funny family. And I always think like, if, if you know, something were to happen, that probably one of the first things that we'd say is all the funny things that they've done, the absurd things they've done, the, the anxieties that we have over such small things and how much we love each other. And it'd, it'd be sometimes, you know, the love that we carry is just so much greater than anything that I mean, anybody that I've seen pass away, at least in my own family, it's just the love is so great. And I know like they, they lived a great life. I've learned so many things that just being able to share those stories of all the great laughs we've had. And that's really an amazing part of, uh, of healing is just the great memories that you get to keep alive. Um, But also talking about, you know, more towards like your experience and you said that it was an unexpected loss. So how, um, what's a typical way or like how can people deal with the unexpected losses in life? The sudden losses, right? Yeah. The sudden ones, like for example, like let's even circle back to COVID. Um, It's something that I never even thought about there being a pandemic and losing like this year out of my twenties and just, you know, you know, cancer pops up out of nowhere in someone or, or even a friend, you know, all of a sudden, I, I mean, a few months ago, I was on social media and I found out a person that I used to hang out with in college had passed away from an overdose. And I didn't even know that they were taking drugs or ever even tried it. Um, right. So how, how can people all of a sudden that are, that are realizing like, oh, this person has passed away or this loved person, this loved one is, is no longer going to be around physically of learning it right and and so the important thing um well i should what happens when we when we are in shock right our bodies go into something have you heard of the survivor instinct the fight flight or freeze so that's what happens because we still have that reptilian brain and us and when something shocking happens our body interprets that as danger. Someone you love dearly could go into the hospital, right? And this has happened over and over and you cannot be with them. And they are alone in the hospital. I mean, it's just tragic. And so the horror of all that, 
And so then you, you, you know, that's why people can't eat or they can't sleep or they can't, um, you know, they, they throw up, whatever. It's because your body is, is in a high survival mode and your, your heart is racing. All these things happen to you and you don't even know. And it's hard to, your, your um, prefrontal cortex, I don't want to get too, you know, uh, scientific about it, but your prefrontal, prefrontal cortex, which is the thinking part of your brain, really shuts down. So you're just in a mode of reacting and responding and you can't think clearly, which is why it's important to let people help you in the beginning. Like I, like you, it's hard to make any kind of decision. It's hard to believe that it happened. And that's why, again, people can go through denial and it's so hard to accept because your brain isn't working properly. And that's just a natural response. You don't have control over that at all. It's not something you can just say, wait a second here, I got to think clearly. And so, um, you know, I would write things down in the beginning because I found myself, I was surrounded by people too, like, you know, that were helping me, but I found myself like walking into a room and not even, and not remembering why I was walking in. And, and that's something I, I think is important to kind of normalize for people if they're wondering why they can't concentrate or why my heart's racing or why I can't sit still or why all I want to do is sleep. I mean, it depends, you know, you don't have control over how you're going to respond. And um, I mean, the first few months I would walk and walk and walk and walk and walk because I was just so anxious but it was just a way of responding to, you know, you have high anxiety and you also, like I said, if you can't think clearly, so it's so important. And in times like this, like, you know, when, when, when I was going through it, people were able to come over to my home. They were able to drop things off for me. They were able to do things for me, but in this time of pandemic, it can't be done the same way. And so you don't, you know, I, I've, I've been to several quote memorials and shivas and things like that um, on Zoom but it's still not the same as having people in that room with you or being able to gather with people that you care about at a funeral, you know, and however you, that might be, you know, for Jewish people, it's like the next day. And for, you know, Catholics, it's, you have the wakes and, you know, we had like four wakes for my husband because he was so young and, and, um, and a funeral and it was over a week, but I had that community support and not everybody can get it now. So in these times, I would say, reach out if you need it. I, you know, I also had a therapist, but I, and if you know someone who's grieving, just keep, you know, if, if, if they don't want to talk on the, you know, phone, do you text, I'm thinking of you, what can I do? But, you know, you can still drop something off for them if they need it. You could still go shopping for them. You could still do something for them. It's really hard to, to, to get through that. So you're in shock at, at the beginning. And that, so to get that, I would say for sudden loss like that, it's just getting through those first few weeks until you can get to a point where you can start absorbing the loss. But it's really hard. I'm not going to say it's not. Oh, absolutely. I mean, um, and it, it is unfortunately, unfortunate the times that we're living in where we don't have that uh, community. And I mean, you, you, of course, know the name of this podcast is called Community Soulful, and that's on purpose. Um, if anybody has listened to my intro, which uh, don't waste your time listening to those two minutes of me talk to myself. <laughs> but what I say is we're all going through something and let's go through it together. It's, uh, you, you know, you're absolutely not alone, even when you feel like you are. So I'm a firm believer in community. Um, and that's why I'm community soulful. I, it's bringing up those topics we wouldn't usually talk about that most people are Googling that we're able to bring a strengthened sense of vulnerability to these kind of conversations. 
Right. Um, so, so I really do appreciate the, the point that you've made on community and how everybody does it differently. Jewish people um, or do it differently and, and other people have wakes and, and, you know, we all, but, but at the end of the day, regardless of the sadness that we're going through, it's, it's sometimes easier just to not go through it alone. And right now it doesn't really seem like we have much of a choice. We're, we're doing things in a very impersonal way over zoom, but at least we have others reaching out to us. And, and that's still, even if it's not the same, it still matters. Um, matters greatly. Yeah, it matters greatly to know that people are thinking and, and let people help as much as they can. If someone can go to the grocery store and get things for you and drop them off at your front door and you you know, you know can't let them at whatever, but like that kind of a thing, let them do it and ask them. And, and people, if you know people who can help, like ask people or just say, you, you know, call them or text them and say, hey, I'm going to the store. What do you need? Or just show up with like, here, here's some, you know, everybody's going to need toilet paper and paper towels and things like that. And that's a kind gesture. And it, it means more than people can say. And the other thing that's different now, too, is that because of these online capabilities, you can seek out groups and things online. You know, I have a, um, a Facebook, it's called Grief to Gratitude. It's my Facebook page. And it's, it's, it's got thousands of people, but I mean, people have been commenting, like, I just lost my husband and I've just lost my daughter, my son. And th within the context of my, which I love that it's turning into is it offers people find each other and they can offer each other support. Even on Facebook, it's, it's, it's something to know that there are other people out there where you can feel like there are other people out there that are like me. They're going, they understand because their husband just died of COVID too. And they can, you know, start communicating that way. I mean, I'll go on or, you know, Catherine will, will go on and like to check it out, make sure, you know, it's, but people end up finding their own threads. And I think that's great. It's a little community there and it's, but you can, it's a, that has changed, but it's still, I know, I know it doesn't take the place of a big hug. Oh, but absolutely. what we have right now, you know, and hopefully that changes sooner as we're getting the vaccine and stuff. Right, right. It's it's what we have right now. And also just to, um, when it comes to grief, also sometimes, you know, unfortunately things will happen to people where um, they're no longer the same person they used to be or right. things like that. So grief can also be a part of life when other people are living. Um, and, you know, or maybe it's that, you have to you have to let a person go out of your life because they do more harm than good in your life and but you still have to grieve their loss that's right so how how can people grieve the loss of someone that is still living uh in a way that you would grieve anything that natural response right the pain of it the anger the hurt um the acceptance and, and, um, but you have to let yourself feel your feelings and it's okay to feel your feelings about that. You can be very sad about it, but if it's healthier for you or if it's there to, I don't know, you know, what the, that, that is such a broad stroke, but it happens for many of us when there are relationships that are dysfunctional and it's time to come to an end for whatever reason it may be. Um, you know, it hurts. But you can, you know, the same thing, fill your feelings, you can journal about it, you can do journaling is really helpful, you know, because you're, you're when you when you write something down, you're not writing for anybody but yourself. And you're taking something that you're holding inside of you. 
And, you know, it's you're internalizing that it might be the anxiety, the upset, whatever. And when you write it out, it's like you're getting it out of your body and onto the page and you can let the page hold it, you know, but you can get out and you can come to understand your own feelings about it, too. And, and so that's that's one thing that you can do. Um, you know, again, I, there's a lot of different um, ways to, to find support, therapeutic support that can be helpful to work through some things like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I'm a firm believer. I've said this on almost every podcast I've recorded is I believe everybody needs a therapist. We all need that person that doesn't know us that um, isn't so super involved in our lives that we need to speak to. We need to put our thoughts out there and somebody else needs to help us kind of organize them in a way. Um, and, and, and that's just what I believe. But, um, so I know that we've gone over a few great points where, you know, sometimes you'll hear a song in the car and you think, Oh, hi, Jimmy, that's him speaking to me. Um, you know, somebody's carrying ashes on them and anytime they go to a beautiful place, they make sure to spread them. Um, you've talked about, you know, feeling your feelings, go through what you need to go through, um, find your community. And these are great pieces of advice. And these are just wonderful things to know, especially for anybody that's currently grieving or, you know, we'll probably have to go through it in the future and could really use these steps. But um, if someone right now is struggling with grief that's listening to this podcast, what advice would you give them on maybe first steps or better practices or coping strategies? What are ways that they can help make themselves feel better or find that community? Um, can you just give that final piece of advice? Well, I think, um, you know, all the things that I talked about earlier can help right now too, but, you know, um, if you're just grieving like in general, like the state of the world, which a lot of people are like, right. But it's something like if you, if you used to garden with the person, if it's somebody that died and maybe you garden together, maybe you went for walks together. I mean, nature is really healing. Get out and try to go for a walk, garden, do something like that. Um, I have on my website, these are all free, absolutely free. Um, I have videos, four of them, I think. And, and uh, yeah, four, and they, they are different techniques that I would give to clients, you know, who come to see me as ways of man, when you're feeling particularly anxious, the number one rule is when you start, when your body, body, when the heart starts going, or you're like, ah, is the deep breath, right? You take long, deep breaths. So number one, start with deep breaths, meditate, it really, and it can be, it doesn't have to be, I mean, I do TM, which is 20 minutes, a different kind, but like you can just, that, there's so many apps now too to help you with it, right? At Headspace and all that. But even being outside, walking along, I mean, by trees and the fresh air, even though it's cold, that can be a meditation just to try to clear your thoughts, taking a warm bath. These are very basic things you can do, but usually when you're feeling, when you're grieving and you're, you're feeling anxious, you're feeling depressed, but you're not feeling so good. So these are soothing things. These are calming things. And the videos on my website are actual techniques. One is called like the butterfly hug, where it's, it's, a, it's a small, uh, makes use of something that, well, if you've had PTSD, you might've heard of e EMDR and it's a, an EMDR technique, but you can, and I don't want to sound too scientific again, but it's very helpful. It's like a self-hug. It's wonderful. Counted breathing is on there. There's something else that stimulate, simulate, stimulates uh, glands, like the thymus gland, that can release these 
chemicals that you're talking about before, these endorphins and stuff like that in your body, but they're all geared towards, oh, and there's another one I do. That, again, it's all, that this is part of um, energy psychology, but they um, are all geared towards soothing you, of bringing you down from a state of being hyper vigilant or anxious. And they're, they're very effective, really easy to do. And they're right on my website. That's for free. I have for free. It's called Words of Comfort. It's a five-week video series. And you have to sign up for it, but it's for it, it's a free uh, video series geared towards somebody who's newly grieving a big loss. And then um, there's also a, a guided meditation that's on there called Healing Light that I often use clients and they love it. And um, I recorded that and it's been on there for a couple of years, but it, 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 they're all for free. Nothing costs anything because I really feel like these simple tools, everybody needs tools and resources and they're simple and they will help promise that will help you. So maybe I shouldn't say promise, but you know what I mean? They should help you. They help most people that I, that I do them with, but it's again, um, the, any kind of ritual that you like, um, the deep breathing, and having these tools that can help bring you down and, and, and acknowledging acknowledging what's happening. It's okay to be a griever. It really is. Some days you're going to feel good and better and some days you're not. And that's just how it is. It's up and down, you know, but eventually you'll move through it. Eventually it takes time, but you integrate it. Right, right. Um, and I do absolutely appreciate all of those coping strategies that you've shared. And it's great that everything is is free and available to us. I know it's on uh, com. So um, I just wanted to say thank you so much, Debbie, for being on the podcast today. I'm sure people that are listening right now, um, and there's plenty of people that are going through grief because of unfortunately COVID and just life in general death happens and loss of loved ones happens and loss of you know people that aren't even loved ones happens and this is unfortunately um losing people is a part of life um one thing that's promised to us is not that's not just life is death and so grief is a huge subject that we should always keep to the front of our minds because so much comes with it and uh really wanted to appreciate for you to take the time and give us the information we needed on grief and all the advice that you were able to share today. So um, Debbie, who's also an author and a psychotherapist is grief to gratitude on Instagram. Um, I'll be posting all of her information on community soul falls Instagram as well. So everyone can feel free to follow her and um, to read her book. You are not alone. So anytime uh, you want to ask yourself, am I alone? Just know that the answer is no. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity. There's so much more to be said, right? That, that you could talk about it. And I just would like to end on a word of hope is that this is a very dark time, but it will pass too. And we need, we all need each other, right? And so that's love connects us all. And I, you know, reach out. If you're hurting, reach out, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Debbie. And thank you. We'll make sure to put all of your, in, your information up on Instagram. Great. All right. Thanks so much.